you got to share your truth. Like, I think that's what I try to remind myself too. I'm like, oh my God, people are going to judge this hardcore, but the world seems like it's kind of falling apart right now. Or like there's some real stuff going on. So now is the time to be real. Um, sometimes I worry like, oh my God, what are my future kids going to think? Like they're going to listen to this, you know, but I don't care. Hopefully they get that I was trying to do something good. And, and if they understand that, then, then we're okay. So you got to be real and just share what you believe and maybe it'll resonate with someone. Welcome to episode 56 of the Human Up podcast. My name is Victor Ung and today I have on my guest Heather Dagley. She is a writer and blogger from the Button Blossom blog um, and I found her on LinkedIn after looking for cannabis educators and cannabis coaches um, and totally resonated with her writing, with her story, uh, hitting burnout in the corporate world and learning how to use cannabis to uh, cope with the, the many physical and emotional pains of our life, um, which I'll, I'll let her share in the episode. But I'm super excited to share this conversation because cannabis has been a huge part of my life. It's just a really um, awesome place to let loose and, and really feel into a more natural self, if that makes sense. Like a, a self that doesn't listen too much to the ego. Um, where there's so many other judgments that we might have or fears that uh, come up, you know, coming from other people uh, and or just our survival brain. Um, and it, it really is a, a cool step to, you know, they always say cannabis was a gateway drug to, to other drugs, right? But a really good way that I think of it is that cannabis is a gateway to self-love. You know, and as cheesy as that sounds, it's so real as I have more conversations with other people and with myself that, um, you know, it's interesting. Like if, you, if there is a cheesiness to it, where is that coming from? Right. If, if you really slow down and let yourself feel that, why is that cheesy? Why is that something that we don't allow ourselves to prioritize in our life? And how is that affecting, uh, you know, other areas of your life, of your relationships, of your career, of how you're showing up in the world um, with your family? So it's such a hard question and heavy question to really come to terms with uh, wherever you may be. I, I don't know where you are in your life, but... I know right now, all of us being in this pandemic and with the, the BLM movement and everything, um, it, there's, there's, there's a lot going on and, and it can be hard to, to sit with a lot of the emotions that are being brought up because of it. Um, the, the beliefs that are being challenged, the, the lifestyle that's being changed all the, the adaptation that we have to make uh, for our own lives and for the collective. And 
it it's really hard it and if if we don't learn to be adaptable if we don't learn to embrace the you know the emotional intelligence that's required to help us navigate this it's really easy then to be left behind you know and and not in a like you know better like it's not like it's a race for um you know to to be the the best human being or whatever right but being left behind in in your own life in the way that you want to live right there's there's so many things that i'm sure you have dreams of or things that you want to do in your life things you want to accomplish or experience or um you know share and if we aren't able to look at the emotions and, and help get through that or navigate it or bounce back from it then we end up procrastinating we end up hesitating we end up you know pushing things off and before we know it we're sitting in retirement you know regretting all the things that we could have should have or would have done so anyway this episode um is definitely uh, hits on a lot of this kind of topic and it's it explores the intersection of being more intentional and mindful of our cannabis use to really help to to use cannabis as that tool to help facilitate this conversation with ourselves um, to look internally and just as a disclaimer you know neither of us are medical professionals so if you're experiencing any physical or emotional pains uh, please do seek medical help. Uh, if you are in a stable place and looking to more so accelerate your life to really help reach goals uh, that you have to, to help with more productivity or find clarity in your next step, uh, I am getting certified in cannabis coaching and would love to help have that conversation with uh, so, sort of being your sounding board and reflect back your core values reflect back the emotions you might be feeling um and really uh and and have some fun with it too maybe smoke a bowl together or uh, and and really have that more deeper more productive conversation um if you're interested in that you can email me at victor at victor.com but uh otherwise use this episode to use as a point of reflection for yourself uh, as a start, right? I think we, th- it's, it's such a great conversation. Um, so I'll just let you, l- let you write into it. And just as another piece of context, uh, this was recorded in early April. Um, you'll hear us making the reference to 420. Um, but just providing that as context, cause I know a lot has happened in the last couple of months, uh, especially through social media and whatnot. So, uh, just wanted to that out there anyway hope you enjoy uh after a quick message from my sponsor first off thank you for being a listener of the human up podcast 
I definitely have so much to say and express and all the things that I've experienced and observed throughout my life that I've honestly been cultured and, and kind of pressured to, to bite my tongue against. So I really love being able to use this platform and this medium as a podcast to do so. And it wouldn't be possible without Anchor.fm, which is the hosting platform I use to distribute this podcast. It's perfect for me right now because it's free and automatically distributes Distributes my episodes to all the different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And the cool part is that there are tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you don't even need any extra software or services to, to create the podcast. And you can even make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership by recording ads like this. So if you have a message to send and ideas to spread, definitely download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And who knows, maybe we can collab and create a, a podcast episode together. If you do end up creating one, you should definitely hit me up and, and we can do something there. With that, let's get back to the episode. Hey, Heather, how's it going? Good, Good. to have you on the podcast. Hi, Victor. Thanks for having me. I've been really looking forward to this. Yes, me too. It's been, it's super cool. It's like somehow found you, I think, I don't even remember exactly how, either through LinkedIn or, or Google or something, but I was looking for, you know, other cannabis coaches or um, people in the cannabis space. Um, and and then it turns out that we actually have a mutual friend too. So yes. <laughs> shout out to her, to May. <laughs> she Hi, May. <laughs> Yeah, it was too um, funny. You reached out to me and we kind of started talking and, and uh, working out a collaboration and not even, I'd say 48 hours later, May reached out to me and said, hey, you should check out my friend Victor. He's he's doing some really interesting work that, that I think you'll be interested in. And so I was like, yep, the universe was saying something. So super totally. glad to be connected. Love it. Yep. Yeah, there's something about, I don't know we might even get into this or not, but uh, just like how the internet is just, there's something almost spiritual about that too. It, but, um, but yeah, so really cool to talk with you. I, I'd love to, you know, get into your work and, and what you've been up to and, and uh, a lot of how you might've got to this space and how you came into cannabis. So maybe share a bit about, your story and, and what got you here. Cool. Sounds good. Um, I'll try to keep it as brief as possible, um, but I'll kind of just go in sequential order of, of how I discovered cannabis and, and what incorporating that into my life has looked like. So um, I did start using as a teenager. Um, I was a bit of a, I was always a great student, straight A student. Um, I did sports in school as well. So I was a very busy busy bee, um, and a high achiever, but I had this anxiety and this rebellion and that came out in my teenage years for sure. Sorry, mom and dad. Um, <laughs> so I, but during that time with friends, I did discover cannabis and I enjoyed it a lot. I, I really did. It helped me, um, kind of quell some of the anxiety, like academic anxiety that I was going through and, um, it was just such a blissful thing at that time. I don't advocate for teenage use, of course. I think people should wait until um, their brains are developed and, and they're 
an adult. Um, but, but that just is, that's what my experience was. So I had it in my life. I continued to use in college. Um, I went to university of Washington, which I know you did as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually I met a really great group of friends there. I would say partially due to cannabis. (laughs) Uh, I, I got it to Seattle, set up my dorm room and quickly connected with the other people that, um, smoked cannabis and, well, that might sound like a bad thing. I think it was beautiful. Like I created a lot of really deep and meaningful friendships through that and ended up living with some roommates throughout college um, that I found that first week. Um, but, all, but stepping through all of that, even though cannabis was a positive in my life, I never really sat down to think about how much it was helping me or how I could use it as a tool. Um, that realization came later in my life. So After college, um, I worked in retail for a little while and then ultimately moved into a corporate position um, and climbed the ranks at the company that I was working for, started as a customer service specialist and eventually within six years um, became a customer service manager there. So was finding success at work, but I was just... I I think I was living inauthentically during that time. This Mm -hmm. job was not what was intended for me. And, uh, and yet I just kept chugging along. I'm always that person that tries to check the boxes and achieve the things that I think people expect of me. And um, I'm very caught up in the supposed to's, you know, you're supposed to get that promotion and you're supposed to um, make as much money as possible. And you, you should probably chase that flashy title if, if you have the skills to go and get it. So I was, but I was dealing with a bit of burnout, and then I really things came to a head for me when I lost my uh, best friend Shannon. So she passed away four years ago, um, and she had been struggling with an addiction, um, an opiate addiction, and eventually it ended up taking her life. And that was just a huge wake up call for me. You know, I had been working, working my tail off at work, super caught up in. Uh, in this technology team that I was supporting and, you know, working 50, 60 hour weeks. And then suddenly my best friend was gone. And Mm -hmm. I just realized that I had not been living the life that I was meant to be. I was, I was totally tied into, to the wrong things. I was focusing on the wrong thing. So to get through that grief was a really rough time for me. And at first I did all the wrong things like people tend to do, you know, I drank too much and I tried to run away from the feeling like this substantial pain of losing her. I couldn't even think about her or listen to a song without falling into pieces. And and it was really getting in the way of um, other personal relationships and, and professional success. So about nine months into that grief process, I decided enough is enough. I've got to do something different. And I put the drinks down and I decided, hey, I'll go back to cannabis. I actually hadn't consumed for a few years. Um, So I went back to cannabis, started purchasing cannabis tinctures and putting that into my little mocktails. And, And then the rest is history. From there, I was, I was just awakened to how much it was helping me. And it wasn't just a substitute for the booze, it was actually healing me. Um, and so I, I just kind of became more aware of how valuable cannabis can be and applying it to different areas of my life. And good things started to happen. I got another promotion. I got engaged to my now husband. Um, I was able to think about Shannon without falling to pieces. It improved my work performance. I lost like 60 pounds that year. So it just... 
it was a really good journey. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized I want to share this with people. So that's why I ultimately ended up creating my blog called Bud and Blossom. And I've been writing and sharing ever since. That is amazing. Wow. Um, yeah, there's a lot to go in there. Uh, <laughs> there you know, what, what made me interested to, to also reach out to you too is also this, that it's, it's a combination of, you know, using or being mindful with, with cannabis um, and, and really setting that, those intentions behind it, as well as connecting to this almost unexpressed language around it per se, but also then connecting to the science and the groundedness and the, and the research behind uh, this plant medicine as well. And I know you're a bud tender as well. So you kind of have that background. Um, so I'm curious, like, cause a lot of in your writing too, um, one of the, the pieces that drew me was this connection to spirituality that you had throughout all this. And I think that's something that, um, you know, especially looking at the, the obstacles that you come through, if, if anything, if that's the right word, but, um, you know, how have you, started connecting to your spirituality and and actually what does spirituality maybe mean for you first of all and then and how has that kind of shown up in your life Ooh, that's such a good question I think you know if you'd asked me that four years ago I maybe would have rolled my eyes and been like spirituality you know (laughs) but it's so key I, I think for me one of the big things about spirituality is being in tune with you and that inner voice and and who who you really are And I think for years, I kind of, I I was always pushing that down, you know, the real me would start to rear her head and I'd say, no, you know, that's not the you that people want to see or, um, but, but sitting with oneself and just feeling that connectedness with yourself. And then when you're, when you're sitting in that space, you're able to feel the connection to others. Um, that's what spirituality is for me. So it might sound overly simple, but when I need a little pick-me-up, honestly, I, I mindfully consume an edible and I take a walk to the park and I sit with nature and I listen and I observe and that's just my favorite thing to do. It's it's like a mental reset for myself and, and then I'm able to go back and, and tackle the obstacles that were holding me back. So um, hopefully that answers the question, but yeah, spirituality, it's it's being in touch with oneself. I feel like when I talk about it, I start to sound like Marianne Williamson a little bit, but hey, that's okay. Like, I think the world needs a little more of that, that vibe right now, so. I actually don't really know who that is. Oh, <laughs> she was a presidential candidate. She dropped out, you know, uh, like a few months back, um, but she's got some really interesting things to say about meditation and spirituality. Gotcha. You should check her out. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, cool. So. Yeah, uh, I I resonate with that because you know I think a lot of um, I, I I was in that same boat of unfortunately judging you know spirituality in that sense uh, or even people who connect to some type of source like that um, and this this has been a recent journey in exploring something that is inexplainable like that you know and the fact that so much of the world and so much of ourselves we we don't know you know especially about 
just in, in general <laughs> like there's so much we don't know and i think like i think that was part of what maybe created that judgment for me is that i wanted to know and and it just maybe some sometimes the spirituality or whatever and however other people might use the language but um almost creates a sense that like they don't know what they're talking about either and so it, it, it was an interesting balance for me but um so if we kind of use this and explore how cannabis has been a crucial part of that it's it is giving this internal language to to something deeper and so I wonder what what that means to you now like when how you've almost used cannabis to facilitate that or if you have any sort of intentional practices or like what why cannabis has been helpful for that definitely as you're saying that something that comes to mind is you know we've kind of we've gotten pretty far from what we once were right we used to live simply and if you look back a long time we lived primally and now it's we have awesome innovations you know we have amazing technology thank god for that that's enabling us to chat now and people to stay connected um even when socially distant but there's so much we're removed from that groundedness um and and we're so removed that we might not even know what it looks like without all of these extra things. And there's so much external noise. Um, and so for me, what cannabis allows me to do is slow that down and turn off the external voices just a little bit. You know, people might look at stoners and, and have a negative connotation. Like they're slow. They're not able to react. They're not thinking at their higher power, but I, I don't think so. It slows us down in a really valuable way. It helps us be more mindful and return back to the basics. You know, when I'm um, intentionally consuming, I might be more inclined to think about how much I love my friend and reach out to them, or I might pet my cat, as opposed to just being focused on um, something superficial, right? So it connects me to those things that are super, super important in life and um, just, yeah, brings us back to basics. Yeah. Um, that, that makes me think about the, the, the science behind it too, and kind of what is actually happening physiologically uh, when, when we do consume cannabis. Is that something that you've been exploring as well and kind of have that experience around? Great question. So obviously with my own story and talking with other cannabis consumers, well, for like the last 14 years, I guess, I know these things to be true that that higher thinking is enabled through cannabis, but this is all anecdotal, right? So I, I've realized that in order to really get this message across to people who are maybe more analytical or left brain, you got to have the science and the data to back it up. And so that's one of the reasons that I've stepped into the retail setting and decided to become a bud tender because I need to get up close and personal with this plant and learn about it. Um, and I'm also paying attention to other people that put out more scientific based content around cannabis, because I want to understand that what's happening in the brain. Um, there are studies, but there's not enough studies. But what we know so far is cannabis really does, it actually makes you more blissful because it's, it's running this molecule through your brain um, that, that creates bliss, just like the runner's high. Um, there's also endocannabinoid receptors in the brain that are getting activated when you're consuming cannabis. So there's so much around the biochemistry of cannabis and 
um, yeah, I'm excited to continue to learn, learn more throughout my career and what I learn, I intend to share with other people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the process of learning a lot about that too. And it's just fascinating that this crucial system within our bodies, the endocannabinoid system has been in a way kept secret or hidden from us because of the, the history around cannabis and the, the, sort of the, you know, the political uh, battles around it as well. Um, and in the legal space. So, um, and yeah, and so it blows my mind how our, our health takes a hit because of that, you know, and, and at the same time, you know, this is one thing that I kind of, maybe this is idealistic of me or just kind of a dreamer side of me, but that if everybody could, you know, smoke a little bit, just even just a hit <laughs> that they'll realize, you know, to to reframe our priorities, right? And that, you know, uh, a big part of, uh, at least for me, cannabis has been setting aside that ego. I wonder how that that rubs off on you. Like, what? How has how has maybe your perspectives of yourself or of other people or of the world shifted through your more intentional practice with cannabis? Great question. I, I Yeah, definitely. The ego is something that I think we all need to learn to control a little bit better. Uh, the ego is useful. We have it for a reason, but we need to be able to look past it, right? And I think one of the things about cannabis, when people smoke, they really are able to look past it. They do feel more connected to others. It connects us to this compassion and actually this desire to take care of the people around us that gratitude and compassion, it all kind of compounds together. Um, I like to, I like to just make that like, it's just whenever you walk into a room or a group or a party and someone breaks out the joint, you're like, all right, instantly, these are my people. These are cool. I trust them. That kind of, and there's just something around this plant that does that. So yeah, don't mean to cut you off, but no, no, it's example. I'm glad you've noticed it too. And I think it's something like that is so valuable. And, and we have so much division in our society right now. So you're aware of this ability for cannabis to bring people aware. I'm aware of it. And that's why I'm, I'm so glad that we're talking because think about what that can do when applied in the right ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend in Seattle. He's a bud tender as well, Matthew Carruthers. And him and I were talking and he was just saying, you know, cannabis really was that original peace pipe. Um, and if you've ever witnessed it in a party setting, there might be the grumpy, maybe even getting violent people that are consuming alcohol. And then in a different room, you've got your smokers consuming and they're chatting about deep stuff. It, it, and it also takes the barriers down that keep us separate. And, um, like in Seattle, we're known for the Seattle freeze, right? We're not even making eye contact with people sometimes. But even in Seattle, you smoke with some strangers, you're going to walk away from that setting with some new friends. And there may be friends that you never even thought that you'd connect with before. So it really, it brings us down to that human level. And when we're at that human level with reduced ego, we really get to get to talking. So Mm -hmm. it's really fun. Well, and I, and I want to throw out there too, and yeah, as maybe a bit of a disclaimer that cannabis, like it might sound like we're talking about cannabis as if it's the 
cure-all magical you know substance that everybody needs to consume or that you know yeah or that also alcohol is also the worst um you know there is science behind how dangerous alcohol can be but um but so can in overconsumption of cannabis too right so um this is this is where i'm interested in in being able to explore this intersection of you know mindfulness and consciousness and and having an intentional practice around your cannabis use um and especially not to numb anything or to uh, avoid anything if anything cannabis really almost forces you to like look at what you might not want to look at or maybe feel what you might not want to feel um and and uh and so uh, anyway i mentioned that because it's like there are people who and still consume cannabis or have been using it and it's still not necessarily you know find as many benefits out of it as as well right and right. and so along with that is you know this doesn't work for everybody like some people might feel more anxiety versus quelling their anxiety uh and it's just interesting though and i think this is why so many of us don't still even the science out there even like researchers are still doing this is that like there are so many variables to this plant, like how it's grown, the strain, the you know the temperature, and then even what then you consume, like how you consume it, how much, uh, you know what your mood was, what your mentality is. So it's I I do want to throw out the disclaimer, right? Like that this isn't uh something that necessarily everyone you know, has to do or should do. But I think it's if there is this interest or curiosity of using it as a tool to like facilitate a deeper connection or exploration that this could be a way to do so. Right. I'm glad you bring that up. Definitely. It's, it's cannabis is not a panacea. Nothing is everything in moderation and balance and, and intention whenever, or I try all over my blog to use that terminology, intentional cannabis use. It's not just cannabis use, it's the intentional cannabis use. So I like to encourage people to always audit. Maybe like every other time that you're smoking, like why am I, why am I consuming today? For what purpose? And if you can answer the question and you're comfortable with the answer to that question, carry on. But if you're mm-hmm. not really sure why, Maybe, you know, maybe give it a second thought or, or try to take up another activity right now. Um, it, it needs to be used as a tool. I, I view cannabis as a medicine, right? So we should treat it with, with that level of respect. Yeah. And, and what can be really helpful for someone stepping through that process, too, is to work with a professional. Because when you're communicating with someone else about why you're consuming cannabis, you're, you're kind of forcing yourself to go through that thought pattern. Why am I doing this? What am I looking for? And, um, and that way people can also help you get the right product, right? Because to your point, there's a lot of strains, there's a lot of consumption methods. So, you know, say someone wants to be able to get to sleep better at night. They have anxiety at night and they need to be able to turn off the brain. I can totally relate to that. Yep. To be able to go to a bud tender at a store or reach out to a cannabis coach and say that, here's my intention. I want to be able to get to bed tonight. Well, that's awesome. You've got a gap now that you know you're trying to fill. That person can help you source the right cannabis approach for you. And then you can try it and, and test it with your body. 
and, um, and, and journal or, you know, really think and reflect how you're feeling. Is it helping? If it's not, maybe try something different, but, but yeah, it, it, all of that journey needs to be, um, or it's, it's improved if, if people step through it with, with that set intention. And, um, on the other side of that, our goal should always be health and wellness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, getting ourselves back to that homeostasis and that ability to feel good so that we can move forward in life and accomplish our dreams and take care of the other people around us. This is what it's all about is living well. So I'm, I'm curious actually, as a, as a bud tender, and now that you've, you know, had that, the, the experience with people coming in to solve these bigger problems, these deeper problems, right? Uh, how do you, how do you, how do you manage that? And then like, what's something that you wish you could do outside of, um, outside of that space? Good question. So I, I love being behind the counter and serving all customers, but especially those that are coming in with those maybe problems. And, and, you know, not that I want them to be going through any health difficulties or anything, but when I'm able to help someone who's in that state, they want health, they want wellness, and they're here to talk about it, and I can help them. That fills me with so much just good energy, and I go home really excited on those days. I've been in customer service in some capacity since my teens, you know, whether working in retail or ultimately even in my corporate position. Um, but even then, I never got that good juju through customer service that I get now. Like now, I can really tell that I am. Um, hopefully helping people step toward their goals. Um, What I would change about that and what I hope to incorporate into my career as I continue to evolve and, you know, ultimately I want to become a cannabis coach as well and and sort of a health coach, I want to be able to sustain longer conversations. Mm -hmm. There's only so long that you can talk, you know, at the counter setting, in the store with other customers, but I try to get as deep as possible in those one to two minutes, of course, but I would love to be able to follow up with people and say, okay, how are you feeling? You know, is there anything else you would like to tackle and, and let me help you step through that. It's, it's so important. Right. Yeah. Cause to your point earlier about talking through with a professional about all the different variables and um, specific issues that, you know, one might be going through and, and how cannabis would be, a tool for that, I think that's where there might be that lack of uh, uh, a space, right? There, it's, I feel like there's a gap between the, you know, bud tenders in the store who, you know, have some at least basic training of cannabis, but not nearly as in-depth as, you know, a doctor, of course, or a researcher, but also, you know, neither of them have the space to really dive into the nuances of each person to be like, so, you know, what, what is your history with it? You know, what have you tried that isn't working? Um, you know, what, what is your specific goal or outcome? Um, you know, all, all of those different things that need to be expressed or externalized, you know, from a consumer standpoint. And so, you know, as I'm working on that as well, um, doing a lot of my own exploration, I, I have been actually talking to a couple um, uh, life coaches, but also uh, other aspiring cannabis coaches. And it's, it's really like even 
like there's there is a lot of a good foundation you can do to build a personal awareness you know through your own meditation practices yoga journal or or whatever works for you hiking camping washing your dishes cleaning like there's a lot of these like mindful practices you could do but um even just having someone then to express you know the the jumble that we have in our minds is so important to start getting that clarity and like finding more direction in like where where you want to go whether it be in your life and who you want to be and what kind of feelings or emotions you want more in your life and um and so i'm excited that you're going to that space because i think that's so important for people to uh to have that you know type of support that not many of us get or can find um so i wonder like is is what is what other types of uh sort of goals and maybe you can speak to your more kind of a core mission or your core why in like going towards this space especially after being in the corporate world especially after hitting that burnout right like um what 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 is your sort of overall mission right now Oh, good question. Wow. So there's, there's a lot of different facets to it. Um, I, 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 it's so simplified when I put it this way, but I want to help other people live well. And, but that means so many things, right? So health um, is at the forefront. And I think, um, especially right now with this virus going around and um, people being concerned for their health, it's showing us, it's reminding us, we know this, but health is truly the most important thing. Health enables us to do what we're here to do, which is to connect with others and, you know, pursue our passions and our dreams and live on authentically. And we can't do any of that without health. So I want to help people take control of their health. That's an issue that I've struggled with throughout my life. And I'm now that I'm stepping toward optimal health and, and making it a personal goal, you know, my life has improved in so many ways. So I want other people to step toward that. I want to give people also the space to talk about some of the dark, right? Um, and listening to your podcast, I really appreciate that because you are saying, you know, sometimes the going gets rough and tough and we need to give people the space to talk about that. Um, especially with grief. I, I don't think that we talk about grief enough. Mm -hmm. You know, people, most people have gone through it in some form or another. They've lost a grandparent or somebody close to them, but uh, I felt so alone when I was stepping through that. And that wasn't even true. There were many people in my inner circle that were struggling with the same grief over the same person, but I felt very alienated. Mm -hmm. So I have this vision that at some point in my career, I'll be able to connect with people and, and maybe they'll come to me saying, I just lost someone and I I don't even know how to get through the next 48 hours. And, you know, hopefully I can hold their hand and, and help them step through that because I've lived it myself and um, I just don't want any pu people to struggle unnecessarily. Sorry, yeah. I'm getting emotional because no, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's, that's my vision. Of course. And I love that. I think there's, again, you know, the, uh, not enough spaces to do that. So we, that's why we feel so alone or alienated a lot of times because that there isn't that, you know comfort or that um that trust that 
you can share something like that without feeling judged or or shamed or weak or vulnerable and so um that's it's uh, it's a really cool space to to be and I'm yeah I'm, I'm glad that you're going into it thank you yeah and just one other thing I'll say to that um and I know you've stepped away from the corporate world as well and and we need corporations we need structured business you know there's it keeps the world going round. So I don't want to be too contrarian to that, but losing someone and continuing to work in the corporate space was very challenging. Even just talking to coworkers about it or trying to negotiate to take a few days off, even though this person that had died was not in my immediate family. And policy says that you can't, you know, take any days off if it wasn't someone in your immediate family. I, I just, I suddenly lost I suddenly was so disappointed with the way that the structure was set up and there was no room for humanity or grace for anybody going through something so real. And so in that moment, I realized this is not the space for me. And also if there's anything I can do and throughout my career and my advocacy to kind of soften, soften our structures and, and leave room for people, right? This Mm -hmm. is all about people. Why, why are we not taking care of people the way that, that we should be? And, um, obviously we're going to be going through some reckoning here economically as we look forward and figure out what the future looks like. And I just want to be one of those voices saying, let's, let's do the right thing. Let's do the yeah. compassionate thing more often than not. I think the world needs a little bit more of that right now. So. Yeah, that's huge because that does remind me a lot of why I went into, you know, this path as well, um, where I noticed within the the corporate world. And again, like, of course, every corporation is different. Every company is different. Every even a team within the company is different, right? So, um, but there, I think there was a general theme that I do hear from many people is that it, it, you almost just feel like a cog in the machine a lot of time, you know. And um, it makes sense when people say that our education system has was in a way built a lot for the the times back then where which was to educate people for a factory job or for um yeah just to be able to follow direction and whatnot like how many times in your class you might have an idea to express but you have to kind of wait your turn and raise your hand and and i get that there's structure and obviously you can't have a bunch of kids just shouting around you know but uh but the idea though is that you know we we've been in a way conditioned too robotically. Um, and so there isn't that room for like humanity side of it. Uh, and so that was a lot of what drove me into this work was, you know, being supportive on a, on a more emotional level, uh, being emotional beings. Right. Um, but uh, anyway, didn't want to talk about me so much, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but like, so that, that just remind me though of that there isn't that much space and I'm, I'm glad that you're into it too so if that means so does that mean like so I know you're starting a blog right now or you have been writing a blog and um and uh and I think you got uh accepted into a program right 
It's a, I'm doing a medical marijuana certification program. So uh, really any bud tender can sign up as long as they've been working for over six months and you pay and then the state basically pays providers to go and, and allow bud tenders to take that step forward into medical marijuana certification. So yeah, I'm studying that right now and glad to have that cert under my belt. And um, I figure the more that I learn, the more impactful this work is going to be. So that's yeah. cool. What, uh, so what is that gonna, what are you going to learn about in that and how are you going to apply that to, to what you want to do? Definitely. So it talks about the legal landscape, which is really important right now. So, you know, we're here in Washington, obviously cannabis is legal here, but it, it walks through, um, what the federal landscape is as well. And then what's been really useful is what you can and cannot say. There's so much, because bud tenders and even the medically certified or medical marijuana certified bud tenders, they're not medical professionals. So mm -hmm. you have to walk this, this line of, um, you can't even say, I recommend this product. You have to say something that's more you focused. Like I have found mm -hmm. this product to be, helpful in some way. So it's it's helping me clarify my terminology a little bit and make sure that I'm doing this the right way and um, doing this the legal way. And then um, the next stage of the course is talking about the history of the plant, how civilizations have, have used it for thousands of years. And then um, ultimately, it's going to get into the scientific aspects of, of how cannabis interacts with our body. And I'm really excited to crack into that part just to, to strengthen my knowledge. You know, I read about cannabis all day, every day. I use it personally. But um, to be able to get in touch with more of those studies, it's going to be really interesting. That's super cool. I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, I mean, because I think there's this, the, the, the lack of knowledge or familiarity around it, those, it's what creates that stigma. And, um, you know, it, uh, it is interesting that this has only come in in the recent decades, right? Where, uh, like you mentioned, cannabis has been used for millennia, you know, and, and uh, especially in more ancient practices around meditation, yoga. Um, and so I guess that'd be interesting to bring that back to the spirituality side of things. Like, what what do you think you go into it with? Or like, would, if if at all, have an expectation around? And what do you end up with? What kind of outcomes or realizations or insights mm. do does come out of, of that? Interesting. Use? I like cannabis because it challenges your thinking, right? We, we all have these built up stories. The ego really helps with that. We build up stories about why our life is the way it is or, you know, why we didn't lose that 20 pounds or whatever the story is. But cannabis shows you the truth. Um, and so people that promote plant medicine, sometimes you'll hear them say, you know, the plant will tell you what the plant needs to tell you. And I really believe that to be true. It, it, it doesn't allow you to run away from a difficult mm -hmm. situation. It actually kind of forces you to re reflect upon it. Um, but it's not scary because cannabis also has this element of relieving pain and kind of sedating and calming. So you have this ability now to look directly at your problems, but you're less scared about it. And so I know in my life, it's really armed me with um, the thinking about how I can take steps forward that are going to improve my life. It actually encourages me to take care of myself, mm -hmm. um, which has been 
particularly helpful in my life. I have a history of um, weight struggles and, and um, eating disorder and, you know, some of my anxieties would just kind of manifest in, in, in not the most healthful way of living, right? But when I consume cannabis, it helps me wipe that slate clean, get rid of those um, practices in my life or um, cycles that are not helpful and move forward to a new path. So it, it can catch you in your negative thinking and say, hey, you know, you don't need to move forward in that way anymore. Like step into the light right. and uh, do it right this time. Yeah. Yeah. Like are these thoughts or emotions actually helping? Are they productive? But so I'm curious, though, how do you not let that overwhelm you too? you know, when it does bring up all of those emotions, when it does, you know, ha- almost force you, I don't want to say force very strong, but just, you know, puts, puts all of that in front of you. How do you not let, you know, like something you said was your, your, um, weight loss issues or, um, you know, even with grief, like how do you, you know, just not let that totally consume you? Right. That's a good question. Yeah. How do you like not let it spiral into too much darkness? Cause you're, you're looking at the reality. I think it's just that that's, that principle of cannabis where it is filling you with a little bit of bliss, it's giving you a little bit of a rose colored glass glasses on the situation too. So it's taking out that prickly feeling. That's the best way I found to describe it is like, for instance, when I was dealing with grief, what a horrible thing to stare in the face, but I was able to look at it really hardcore and then, but the prickly feeling was taken away. Hmm. And that bliss that's filled, it's in your mind, it helps you be grateful. So in, in that example of me looking at my grief, instead of being consumed with the anger toward my friend or frustration at the situation that I'd been kind of mulling over and struggling with, I was able to laugh at, at what, who she was and, and what made her so special and laugh at some of our memories. And, and just, it, it, it brought me gratitude and, and nostalgia for all those times we had shared together. So now I'm stepping forward in a real celebration of her life as opposed to this, this painful tragedy, you know? So um, I think that's where it can be really helpful is it, it, it takes the prickliness away of, of really auditing the tough stuff. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Um, well, I'm articulating it in a way that makes sense, but yeah, that's, that's as, that's as well as I, that's as real as I can be. It's just, that's, that's what my experience has been for sure. Right. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing all that. I mean, we could do this for another hour. So, uh, I know that there was a lot that we wanted to get in there. So it did seem maybe bouncing back and forth quite a bit, but, um, I like to end sort of a personal or yeah, just personal experience or just your general perspective around the five core emotions um, Mm -hmm. as humans. And that's also in debate of what number of core emotions we have, but I like to just go with the movie inside out, which is joy, sadness, anger, fear, and disgust. So we're actually going to start with anger. What, what is either your personal experience with it or what perspective do you have with it in, in a general view? You can go, you know, as low level or high level with any of these emotions. Definitely. Ooh, that's a tough one. Anger. Um, 
I, my mind goes to two different scenarios and I kind of touched on one earlier, but when I was grieving the loss of my friend, um, definitely felt anger toward her right in the beginning. But what I eventually realized is that's not going to help me deal. It's not going to provide much value at all. Um, what if I channeled that anger into forgiveness instead and, um, that's ultimately been a lot healthier for me, but I, it's something I struggled with for sure. Um, and then anger is something that I experienced, and this is kind of a whole other rabbit hole, so I don't want to get into it too much, but I stopped taking antidepressants last year, just personal choice. And, you know, I want to conceive a baby probably within the next couple of years. And I just decided I, I don't want that in my system. And um, that was a tough transition for sure. And I wasn't expecting it, but it actually floods your brain with anger and um, reading more about it. Other people struggle with that too. Sometimes people make really terrible decisions or even have violent thoughts when they're going off through that process. So I did experience anger, um, which was surprising for me because I'm normally pretty cool, calm and collected, like demeanor wise, despite what, what anxieties can be going on underneath the surface. Um, I, I ultimately use cannabis to kind of help me step through that that period as well. That was a gap that I applied cannabis to. But uh, yeah, that's what anger triggers in my brain. That's cool. Yeah, that's another thing I wanted to touch on too is just that cannabis is a is a good alternative to opioids, right? Especially like antidepressants and. But, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's a, the plants uh, over pills. It might sound like a, a simplification, but a lot of uh, research shows that, that 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 can help in a lot of different regards. And once I learned that cannabis could help people who were opioid addict, addicted to opioids, that was kind of the, the clencher for me. I was like, okay, this is the industry I'm going to move into. I don't know any other topic that is more important to me right now. Yeah. Plants over pills to help people who are suffering from opioid addiction because it continues to it continues to unfold and it continues to ruin people's lives. So right. we need to get them some natural help. And I think cannabis can be a step in the right direction. Love it. Love it. Cool. That's why you're getting that medical marijuana experience um, and exploring this, the, I don't want to keep going off into tangents, but this is just such interesting stuff, but like, uh, uh, you know, going into more natural, you know, sources just in general, right? Like, I think that's also a Western bias is that we were so maybe science-based or that we like, we found all these innovations through chemicals and, and whatnot. And I think they are great. Like they, they provide a lot of help for a lot of people, but we end up leaning towards too much of that and forget about the more natural side of things that maybe have more long-term uh, benefits with less side effects. So um, anyway, yeah, that's a whole, topic so <laughs> we'll chat uh, about that later I'm sure yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah after your uh, certification that'd be great yeah for sure um sadness sadness um I feel a lot of sadness lately with regard to the response to the coronavirus and everything um just because I know that there are people out there that are suffering and you'll see it on your Facebook feed or Facebook groups or just connecting with people in your community but people are losing jobs uh, my little sister lost her job and it's just a lot of things are unfolding and I feel a lot of sadness for for my comrades out there that are being directly affected I am extremely lucky in that I am still working and I've 
created this career that is mostly online anyway, um, with the exception of, you know, supporting the store I work for. And my husband also works from home, but I know not everybody's reality is like that. So, um, yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Um, Fear? I deal with a lot of fear as a creator. Maybe you can relate. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's... And I know that a lot of people write about this and I need to do a little more reading about it, but the resistance, like when something right. is really important to you, like for me, Bud and Blossom is so important to me. It's my story. It's Shannon's story. It, I want it to be so many other people's stories of um, healing, right? But it's so important to me that I feel a lot of fear and I worry about how other people are going to receive what I'm saying. And sometimes I'm saying some controversial things or, you know, I worry, oh my gosh, what are my parents going to think or my future children? But um, you got to work through the fear, right? Uh, I have a book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And I try to tell myself that. I need a poster of that probably actually in my office. Just do what you're doing. Like um, check in with yourself once in a while, make sure it's the right thing, but just step forward. And people who want to listen, will tune in and you'll find your followers and, and all that. Do you feel that as a creator too? Victor? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, that's a whole other podcast episode too. Yeah. Um, I, I, every time I do these like five core emotions, I end up like, oh, wait, that's all. It brings up a lot of other things to talk about too. Um, but totally, like, I think the fear it shows up as resistance, you know, um, and I'm trying to remember the the book but there was another really good book around, um, you know, outlining all the different versions or kind of personifications of fear as in a form of resistance. And I'll probably have to, you know, share that later. But <laughs> uh, how about disgust? Disgust. Ooh. Um, I don't want to get too political on here because I don't know if if you tend to lean that way, but definitely I have been struggling with feelings of disgust when I'm looking at some of the leadership right now. And um, yeah, I I watch news in in solitude. My husband is trying not to tune into the news and I totally get it. But um, yeah, I've definitely been internalizing some of those feelings. I guess I'm curious, like, what do you think behind that or maybe more of a high level do you see that disgust being being what where do you see that disgust being like channeled to mm. i mean like in my personal life what well, is no that? Yeah. And like in a if you look at you know that's the example is is leadership but mm-hmm. what about that then is disgusting to you yeah oh man that definitely we could talk at length for that i am disgusted right now that money seems to be the number one thing in our leaders' minds. How do we make sure that the stream of money doesn't stop? But there's so much more at stake right now than money. And I understand that money is energy. Money makes the world go round in some capacity. But again, we're not taking care of people in the way that we need to be taking care of people. Um, And I think that money with, like... The risk of losing money actually makes people not speak their truth. I think our leaders are not sharing everything because they're worried about what it could do to the economy. It just, that's what's disgusting to me. Yeah. People over profit. That's, that's what I believe. Hardcore. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a hard problem to solve, of course. Um, And uh, 
in it. But I think I do believe that even within our own personal experiences right now, having gone through a corporate role, I'm assuming making pretty decent amount of money, you realize that you start getting diminishing returns with how much money you end up bringing in, right? You can have uh, a super high salary, you know, great house or cars or whatever. And um, there's still something lacking behind that. So, um, so it's about connecting to something deeper there, something behind our humanity. So, and I think a lot of us just haven't woken up to that. So um, the lastly, but not least, of course, joy. Mm, Joy. I think that I will be experiencing a lot of joy this weekend because it's 420 celebration. So I'm looking (laughs) forward to that. Um, But no, I've been having a lot of moments of joy at home too. So I've been in my home with the exception of like weekly grocery trips for a month now. And so my husband and my cat and I were kind of settling into this new routine where the three of us are here all the time. And um, we've developed some joyful practices. I've been working in my garden. Uh, my dear friend, Amber, who I grew up with, she just sent me some honeyberry trees. So I didn't even know what honeyberries were. She's brilliant. She's a berry researcher and <laughs> she knows everything about berries. And she handpicked these um, honeyberry trees for me and my husband. They're of Japanese origin and, and, and Ryan is Japanese. It's just, it's perfect for us. So he planted one today. I'm going to try to get the other one in the ground this evening. And I'm just looking forward to that. Gardening has been really mindful for me lately. I want to control something because I feel a lack of control in other areas right now. Yeah. That's cool. That's exciting. Yeah. I love spring and blooms and uh, beauty and I'm a March baby. So I'm just like loving the sun and the outdoors right now. (laughs) Sweet. Well, thank you for coming on and talking through all of this, sharing your experiences and your knowledge around just this journey that we're on, really, um, and especially around this, this plant, too, uh, and how to use it um, more intentionally and um, to sort of maximize the benefits from it and, and not struggle with the the negatives as much. So. Um, thanks for coming on. And actually, lastly, how would people find you and and maybe find your blog and what you're up to? Yeah, thanks for asking. And first, I just want to say like, thank you so much for having me on. I am so uh, captivated with how you're connecting these concepts of intentional cannabis use and emotional intelligence. I think that it's just such a healthy discussion. And it's, it's going to continue to give people real tools that they can apply to their own lives. And so I'm glad we're connected. I know we'll keep chatting. I'd love to have you on my podcast too, and um, just keep it up. Yeah, you're doing great work. Thank you. Um, and then people can find my blog. Um, again, it's called Bud and Blossom. Um, the whole intent there is when we smoke bud, we can blossom into the people we were always intended to be. Um, so that can be found at budandblossom.blog. And then folks can also follow along with me on Instagram. Um, my handle is at bud underscore n underscore blossom. And then stay tuned. I am working on a new Bud and Blossom podcast, hopefully to be launched this summer. And um, yeah, honestly, go to the blog to connect with me. I love questions. I love meeting new people. Slide into my DMs if you have a question about cannabis. I am so happy to help. And um, that's what gets me excited to wake up every day. So, Yes, love it. 
please do reach out. Uh, I'll share those links in the show notes. And thank you again for coming on. Thanks, Victor. Appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. I hope you enjoyed this episode with my guest, Heather Dagley, uh, writer at Bud and Blossom. I hope you were able to take something out of this. Uh, I hope that this time was valuable to you in, in listening to. Um, if it was, please do share it with someone who you'd love to have this conversation with. Um, share it with your friend or your family or your networks. And make sure to also follow this podcast at Instagram.com slash HumanUpPodcast or at HumanUpPodcast. Um, and share the episode there as well. And if you are willing and able, your monetary support would be so helpful as well to help me maintain the, the fees and the costs in producing this, um, as well as the time and energy. You can donate at bit.ly slash human up podcast donation. So that's bit.ly slash human up podcast donation. And you can make a one time or monthly donation through PayPal. I would so very much appreciate that. And um, it would really help show that people are getting value out of this podcast. And it would help me, you know, keep the fire going and, and continue creating this as well. So thank you again for listening. And 